Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Brighton Smith, and Brighton is a sales and franchise consultant with a strong background in helping entrepreneurs break into the world of franchising, as well as helping established franchise owners diversify their portfolio. His most recent venture is working as the director of franchise sales for You Break I Fix an electronic device repair franchise. We're going to talk to Brenton about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, 
Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the Franchipreneurs one one I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Brighton Smith, and Brighton is a sales and franchise consultant with a strong background in helping entrepreneurs break into the world of franchising, as well as helping established franchise owners diversify their portfolio. His most recent venture is working as the director of franchise sales for You Break, I Fix, an electronic device repair franchise hi Brighton. how are you welcome to the show marty it's good to be here with you oh thank you for having me this is is my pleasure Brighton. we always like to ask our guests where are you calling from today so i am in orlando florida how about yourself i am in eastern pennsylvania and uh it's probably just as hot here Brighton, as it is in florida today (laughs) (laughs) it's it's pretty hot here man it's it's probably low 90s and and i'm I'm willing to bet it's going to rain within the next hour or so that's what i heard every day down here (laughs) (laughs) i have friends that live down that way so i'm always up to date on florida weather you know so that's fantastic (laughs) you you have a great story brian what i was was reading about you you know i mean how, how did maybe you could tell us you know how you got involved in franchising yeah, no. So I, I have a pr- pretty interesting uh, entrance into franchising. My uh, lovely wife, Elizabeth, uh, her best friend, she grew up with in Orlando, uh, mm-hmm. actually married the founder and CEO of You Break, I Fix. So wow. I got to know our founder and CEO, Justin Weatherill, um, yeah. prior, I met him back in 2012. Prior to coming on board, uh, we developed a friendship, which led to basically him uh, offering to hire me and he's a great right. guy and it was a great opportunity. I said, yes, and I'm, I'm still here today. So that's fantastic. You know, I find like, you know, people like yourself, there's probably something about franchising where you're drawn to franchising Bryson. What, what, what do you like most about franchising? I think it's a great question. I, I think the, you know, the one thing that really drew me to franchising is having a system, having a model that's proven mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think franchising gives you the ability to focus on two things really, really well. I think one, uh, your employees, uh, and I think also your customers. And by being a franchisee in most cases, yes, you're, you're still running the business, you're hiring, you're firing, you're managing your, your payroll, you're managing your, your, your cogs, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, the systems are all uh, in place. And if you are in right. the right franchise system, I think you have a strong support network behind you as well, which again gives you the ability to focus. And I think also, you know, one of the things I love about franchising is you're building something that has a national brand. It's mm-hmm. reputable in, in most cases. Yeah. I mean, there are some franchises that are super local or they're regional, but in, right. in most cases, you're building a business that's known and recognized. And I think that smart money not only looks at the cost to get in, the business, yeah. but they also look, hey, if I go to sell this thing, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years from now, whatever that is, how, right. what does that process look like? And, and, and am I going to be able to find a buyer? And I think in franchising, it just makes a lot of sense um, yeah. for those reasons. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think those are the two most important things of a business, um, uh, Brenton, is, is, you know, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the significance of having that strong system. You know, a lot of new businesses, sometimes, right. I mean, they, they don't have that system, you know, and you mentioned the, 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 the brand as well, you know, and, and you break iFix. I mean, I, I've been familiar with your brand, you know, because uh, doing what I do, the podcast, you know, I've been very familiar with right. your brand for, for a while now, you know, so I, I, I mean, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, you break iFix, I mean, has an interesting history. You said you kind of came across them, I guess it was around 2012. Maybe we could jump to, to that and, you know, you could talk a little bit about the, the history of You Break I Fix. Sure, sure. I, I, we have an interesting history, and I think the reason we do is is really tied to the time that we started. We, you know, we started the business back in 2008. When I say we, it mm-hmm. was Justin Weatherall and, and our co-founder, right. David Reif, they basically started the business, two guys fresh out of UCF. Uh, Justin uh, realized early on through breaking his own phone that there was an opportunity and started fixing coworkers, friends, people's phones kind of in the community. He actually would meet them on lunch breaks at a Panera Bread, and he would wow. fix their devices, uh, eat lunch, go back to work. And it, it really bloomed into something more to where Justin hired yeah. his roommate, uh, Carlos Marmo, who is actually still with us today and a franchisee, hired his roommate, and he started fixing devices. So while Justin was working, he had, you know, he had an employee doing device repair, and they, they were basically a mail-in company early on right. in 2008 where customers were mailing devices through you know, our website, and we had some eBay listings where people could pay for repairs, ship their devices, well, 2009 uh, came along. Um, Eddie Trujillo, which is a friend of Justin and David's, came mm-hmm. over, saw what they were doing in, in, in their house, basically their living room, and said, hey, guys, have you thought about opening up a retail store? Right. So August of 2009, Eddie put up the money. They opened up the first uh, brick-and-mortar location in East Orlando, right, right down the okay. road from UCF in Orlando. And wow. that store within three months did more than the online business, you know, was doing. And they decided to grow it. And from 2009, August to 2013, we had 47 corporate stores prior to franchising. We were a corporate wow. operation. We had, we had no debt, no bank loans. They reinvested profits, um, you know, from each store, rolled it into to the next store. So it's a cool store. And I think one of the interesting things that, I love about our business is we started initially the business back in a recession. And right. I think you, you hear recession proof a lot thrown out. You hear Amazon proof business thrown out um, and, and right. maybe now pandemic proof or, you know, COVID proof or, or whatever business thrown out too. And I think we have that type of business and it's been interesting to see kind of this, this um, economic event that's taken place in 2020 just where we are today, um, you know, our, our, our store volume is up year over year significantly versus where we were last year. So I think service-based businesses um, just make a ton of sense, you know, and right, uh, right. that might be more than you wanted me to cover, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that, that was great. I mean, quick it, background. It, it, 
It's it's a great story. I mean, as as you're telling it, I mean, I think this is one of the reasons why you know it even prompted me to start the show, Brian. you know, 13 years ago, was I found that you know the story you just told. I I find that fascinating. You know, I mean, how it started off like in a room, and you know, it just it just developed into something huge. And you know, it sounds like I mean, franchising wasn't even kind of I guess in the picture in the beginning, was it? You know, I guess at some point, as you mentioned, you know, the founders knew they had something, right? They had the system, they had the brand, and 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 maybe somebody approached them and said, you know, maybe you should franchise this concept. Yeah, so it, it, it actually, kind of interesting, they knew in 2013 that we had, you know, we had 47 stores and they knew right. they needed to grow. And right. in order to grow, people, believe it or not, was not necessarily our biggest issue. A lot of times it's just people to grow corporately. We had right. a pretty good, um, great employees. We, we had the ability to continue to grow. The biggest challenge was capital. We had right. cash. We didn't have any bank loans. So the guys went to uh, banks and said, hey, we'd like, you know, we'd like to get a loan. And banks kind of chuckled, said, guys, you've never had a loan before. You know, we've, you know, right. no, it just, I think, was, was, was risky at that point in the banks, you know, in, in, in their eyes. We also looked at, you know, VC firms and, you know, reached out to some of them and, you know, when they say, sure, we'll give you the money, but we want 40 or 50% of the equity, right. that just didn't make sense because to, to us, outside of the capital, there has to be some other value that that, that right. entity would be providing. And in the case of that VC firm, they weren't really providing anything operationally other than, hey, here's some money. Um, right. and, and we just realized, I think, through that process that third base – was was really third base it was franchising and through doing more due diligence they realized that third base really should have been first base and they they decided to franchise and i think it made a lot of sense we we had the proper and we're very unique i know there are some franchises that do this but our co-founder david rice being a you know a mechanical engineer but also um, having a background in, in programming early on took it upon himself to build out all of the backend infrastructure, our point of sale, our KPI management system. Um, Everything is built in-house. And today we have about 30 full-time backend developers in Orlando that, that, you know, work with us. So that gave us, I think, the the foundation to really take something to, you know, a franchisee and say, hey, look, we have a system that's in place Everything's right. been proven. We didn't just have one store and decide to franchise. Um, we have 47. Uh, here are our results. You know, let's yeah. move forward. And I think that really helped us early on. Yeah, I think, I mean, that, that number is, is high, 47. You know, as long as I've been doing this show, you know, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I've, you know, I've heard like, you know, sometimes, you know, you have three or four units, you know, and they say, okay, it's time to franchise. But 47 would certainly show, I mean, that you're, you're, you're vested in this. And, you know, going the franchise route is, is, I mean, in terms of partnerships, it's more of a true partnership, too, than going the VC route, isn't it, Bryson? You know, is you have two people invested yeah. in the business. They're both dependent on each other, aren't they? Yeah, and I think one of the things that I, I like most about franchising in general is, so I, 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 I had a few years prior in a, in a corporate role that was not a franchise mm-hmm. company prior to being right. with You Break, I Fix. And what I found is that there's this, I don't want to call it a pyramid because I know that's used a lot, but right. you right. have this, this, this pyramid, right, where in most corporate structures, 
you know, you've got a lot of people, you know, in some cases below you, maybe people above you, um, right. you know, employees appealing or appeasing their boss. Um, and, and at the end of the day, in a lot of cases, it's this structure and it's like, hey, what can we get? We're big corporate. It's all about money. Right. And the thing that right. I love about, and not always the case, but um, the thing I love about franchising is it takes that pyramid and it inverts it. It does a, it, it flips yeah. it over, because right. we are now, even though I work at corporate, I work for the franchisee. The franchisee, right. technically, their their royalty, their support, what they pay. Right. funds, my payroll, my salary, all of our employees. And I right. love that about franchising because I feel like you have a franchisee base that's right. going to hold you accountable because their money is on the line every day and uh, day in and day out. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're running this business and if there's something they don't like, they're going to let you know. And I feel right. like I just love that model. Um, yeah. for that reason, that's one of the things that I, I, I just love about franchising. Yeah, if if it sounds like you're saying like if they're successful, you're successful, right? I mean, it's 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 there's that dependency, you know. So it, it you know yeah. it really makes sense, you know. So I I think that that's a great way of 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 explaining it. And and you break I fix. I mean, it really goes beyond I I think like mobile phones, Brian said, you know, I was, I was reading a story. I don't know where I read it. It was on the internet. So I don't know if it's, it's, it's accurate, but I, I, I think it was a story where someone came in with a toy or something like that and uh, they wanted it fixed. Um, it, it, is it pretty yeah. much like it, it's beyond, it, it's, it sounds like it's beyond like mobile devices, right. Or cell phones and things like that. I mean, as long as it has like a, a power button, you guys can attempt to fix it anyway. We, we can. So our, our, our mantra is that we fix anything with a power button. So, and that can be really, that can be really anything across the board. I mean, if it has a a battery or it plugs into the wall, like it's got a power source, we'll take a crack at it. And the cool thing about how we do business is if a customer brings in that device and we can't fix it, we don't charge the customer for that repair. And if we ended up, and this doesn't happen often at all, but if we ended up damaging that device, you know, trying to repair it, we would replace that device for the customer, no questions asked. But at a high level, um, our, our focus is really household acquisition. So mm-hmm. when you think about all of the people out there with cell phones, I mean, pretty much right. everybody you know from the age of 14 to, to probably right. 75 probably has a cell phone or a smartphone. Most do. Right. However, yeah. how, how many other devices do those individuals have in their home? And as an right. example, you know, my, my toddler isn't even two yet, and he has right. three Bluetooth-connected devices, and he doesn't even know what they are yet. <laughs> so that being said, you know, I've got 22 devices between my wife, my, my toddler, and myself, and what you break is after is my home. Because if anything yeah. breaks, whether it's the Roomba, it, shoot, it could be a television, it could be a computer, it could be, you know, anything that has value, we right. want the customer to be able to, to bring that in. And in a lot of cases, the cost doesn't make sense to repair it. And one of right. the things that we pride ourselves on is being honest and transparent with the customer. If the repair is going to be 80 bucks to fix those both headsets and you can right. go online and buy a refurbished pair for 90, we're going to right. tell the customer, Hey, you can just replace these. We'll fix it if you want, but you might want to just buy a new pair. So that's, that's just kind of how we do business and it's worked really well for us. 
That's great. So, I mean, the customer really has nothing to lose, do they, by coming in? You know, like you said, I mean, if, if you can't fix it, then you won't, you know. And, and, and you know, every everything breaks probably at some point, right, Brian? I mean, you know, you, you have, whether it's a phone or any any electronic device, I mean, at some point, it, especially when you got a two-year-old, right? I mean, it could break. Sure. You know, they, they could <laughs> things, things like that. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so oh, I mean, yeah. the market is, is so huge. It really seems like, I mean, you break, I fix is it's really in and they they've been for a while now in the right place at the right time because that that market must be so huge i i don't even know if you have any industry numbers but i guess it's safe to say that you're in a pretty big industry and 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 it, it seems to me that there would be growth in that industry as well yeah the industry's growing and one of the interesting things that i think goes back to the recession uh comment that i made earlier is yeah. you know in in times of economic uncertainty, people tend to hold on to devices longer, much like right. people tend to drive their automobile longer. Um, they tend to be more inclined to maybe replace that transmission or or that expensive part than going right. and buying a new car. And these right. these devices we have seen when you look at the trend over the last 24 to 36 months, these devices are are increasing steeply. In, in price to where people are they're replacing them much less you know frequently because of the high cost so now right. repair makes like my iPhone 10s max that I'm talking on uh, today you right. know I think I paid I don't know twelve hundred or thirteen hundred dollars for yeah. it at Apple which is, which yeah. is just crazy and there's yep. even more expensive phones you know out there now so yeah. for us you know, it, it, it really makes sense, um, you know, where the industry is headed as well. And also, right. you know, people still use computers, but, you know, over 50% of your Internet usage is typically on a smartphone today. But from an industry standpoint, to answer your question, there was a report, an IBIS report, a few years back. Now, this is not current, but I know that right. IBIS, you know, basically generated a report. I want to say it was like 2017, and I think mm -hmm. at the time it was a four – 4.3 or $4.2 billion industry, the electronic repair wow. industry as a whole in the U.S. And I think that it's much larger uh, today uh, yeah. than, than that number. And we're the largest player in the space uh, when, you, when you look at us as a whole. We have almost 600 doors open today. Wow. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, it's interesting how we've kind of come full circle too, Brian. So you, you mentioned, you know, I mean, when you break, I fix got started. I mean, it was, it was in the middle of, of the recession and, and now we're kind of like in, in 2020, of course we have this, this COVID thing going on, you know, and it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it it's interesting, but, but I, I know you've spoken about this in the past, you know, about like, you know, you mentioned, you know, it, it's still a good time to, to, to get into franchising, isn't it? Um, you know, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. I mean, I think I think it's a better time than ever, and I yeah. love this industry. Um, we've got a great, you know, we've got a great opportunity at You Break I Fix, but I know there's yeah. a lot of uh, other great opportunities with the IFA. There's what four thousand different, right. you know, yeah, companies, um, and I, yeah, and I, I think it's great because, you know, for us, we have a lot of franchisees that move forward that have multi-unit experience where they're right. diversifying and, and they're kind of 
moving from food is is what I most commonly hear people looking to get out of food. Right. And, and again, that's not right. a knock on food, by the way. I, I, right. I, right. I'm six foot seven and I love to eat food. And I think there's some great, <laughs> I, I got, I, I got this tall by eating food and um, it's, you know, it's, it's awesome. So right. I think there's a lot of good <laughs> industry great. or a lot of good, um, um, you know, companies out there that make a lot of sense in the food space. But right. Right. that being said, I think, you know, there there are a lot of people that move forward with us that have that multi-unit experience. And then there's a lot of, you know, people that move forward with us that were technicians or managers that worked really hard three, four years for a franchisee as a tech. Right. And then they wanted to own their own business, saved up enough money. Maybe they got an SBA loan and they were able to acquire their own store. Um, right. and, and in that situation, you've got an owner that's turning the key every day they're going into their store. Maybe they're operating the store as an owner, operator, manager. You know, they're, right. they're, they're managing their staff. They're handling inventory, all of that, dealing with customers. However, on the other side of the coin, with some of these multi-unit operators or some of these people that are, I call them corporate refugees, that are kind right. of leaving corporate America, they're looking for that next thing. They want to be their own boss. They don't want to work for somebody anymore, and they kind of want to do it through retirement. A lot of those individuals have that 401k or have enough money right. saved up to where right. they don't want to just do one location. They might want to do three, four, five, maybe even more. And yeah. in, in that case, you know, they're going to be more so hiring in most cases, maybe a regional manager or district manager. And they're not in the store maybe day in and day out right. dealing right. with customers, but they're overseeing their employees, their business. So it really depends, I, I guess, going back to your question, it really depends on the franchisee and what they're looking for. But right. I love franchising in general because if somebody wants more of a full-time job and they, and, and they want to be that hands-on person grinding it out, you can make a really good living for yourself in franchising with most opportunities yeah. out there. And right. if you're also looking to scale some as well, most of the franchise opportunities out there too give you the ability to scale. And I think there's a lot right. of good concepts out there. And I think ours fits that, that mold as well. So yeah. in general, franchising, how I look at it, it's not just for somebody that has, you know, millions of dollars set aside. I think if right. somebody's, you know, really wanting to move forward and, and they're really curious and they want to open up their business, I think now's the time. And you look at unemployment right. too, you know, yeah. I look at unemployment right now, you know, as an opportunity if somebody, you know, if, if somebody got that opportunity to be unemployed, right. um, it could be a good time to to make that transition to a franchise company. And right. uh, there's a lot of good concepts right now with great geography, you know, where people can step in and, and, and move forward. So, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It, I, and I think it's good to, to think big too, Brian. You know, I mean, instead of, you know, think beyond one unit, you know, I, I've had, you know, sure. some guests on the show over the years. I mean, you know, some of them have had like, you know, like a portfolio of like 40 or 50 franchises. Yeah. I was like, holy God, you know, I mean, that that's really looking at, you know, the big picture, isn't it? You know, is to 
just to even think beyond that one unit. You know, you seem to be drawn to, you know, I, I, I can tell, you know, you like the, the customer experience based business model. And I, and I get that. So I always say I'll, I'll never interview another pizza franchise on the show because I've, <laughs> I've interviewed so many of those ones. I can't, I can't interview another one, not nothing against them. You know what I mean? But I feel like I've interviewed I love all pizza, of them, though. you know, uh, same here. I love pizza more than anything. You know, and I, 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 said, oh, God, I, I can't interview another pizza franchise. I just, that, that's it. You know? So yeah. I mean, the, the customer experience based model, I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like from what you say, it, it's, it's a good model to invest in, isn't it? Out of all, all the, the different choices that are out there. I, I think so. I mean, if, if I were, and again, this is just me, uh, you know, this is just based on my experience. I mean, if I were yeah. looking to, you know, segue into a franchise from my role now, I mean, I for sure would look at a service-based business. Yeah. Now, could it be brick and mortar? Absolutely, right. it, it could be. Um, sure. We also have a mobile opportunity, we do, where we do mobile wow. repair. Um, there's basically a van concept that we have that's attached to the brick-and-mortar store. So it's oh, wow. kind of an interesting hybrid that, that we offer through you, Break I think right. it's not just brick-and-mortar. But right. um, I also like, you know, when you look at a lot of these territory-based, um, you know, systems where you can tie up a whole entire market and be the, you know, whether it's a plumbing franchise or it's a environmental franchise or restoration, fran- like there's a lot of good, you know, franchises out there that I think make right. a lot of sense. The question right. is, in my eyes, is how do you get paid? And our right. model yeah. um, today is actually maybe a little more interesting that, than one might think because we're technically not just getting paid by the customer. We okay. have relationships with uh, Google uh, we have relationships with Samsung. We have relationships oh, wow. with Hewlett Packard. And we also were acquired, which I think this was, I mean, this was the best thing that could have happened to you, Break I Fix. Last August, we were acquired by Assurian. And Assurian wow. is kind of one of the biggest companies that most people don't know about because they're, they're kind of the back-end warranty company that does all device warranties for AT&T, Verizon, and many other companies out there. They, right. they, uh, they're really big. And through our relationship with Assurian, you know, we do repair for Assurian as well. So when customers have that warranty on their phone or whatever that device is and they call, they can simply, you know, sort the deductible out, walk into our store, and then our franchisees get paid by our partners. So we get paid every single month by, you know, Google, by Samsung, and we're on their websites too. So if you're a Samsung com- customer and you have an in-warranty issue and you call Samsung right. and there's a U-break within proximity to the customer, the customer actually gets routed to the U-break I fix store for the repair. And I think that's wow. a really interesting thing because a lot of businesses, the customer doesn't know about the business unless right. you know there's marketing or there's right. just brand awareness or the customer sees the sign or whatever. In our business – we have a very large percentage of customers that are actually being driven, being pushed to go into you break, I fix, which is just a really nice thing. In addition to all of the other right. business, local business, B2B business, out of warranty walk-in business that you have. So just kind of an interesting you know, thing to think about. You make an interesting point, Bryson. You know, is, is, is another, I guess we could say, advantage of franchising is that your franchisees, they get to be, they get those relationships 
instantaneously. You know, they become part of your your, yeah. your system, and they get that benefit. And you Absolutely. know, you, I mean, you know this because you've been in business a long time. I mean, it, it takes years sometimes to develop those relationships. But here, your franchisees they come in. And they have those relationships already with all those companies that you mentioned. And, and that's just something you don't get, you know, if you were to do this on your own, would you? I mean, it could take you five, ten years to, to, to form relationships with those big name companies that, that you just mentioned. It's another great advantage of franchising, isn't it? I, I agree. And most of these large companies, and this isn't to take away of, from that, that local business owner right. that's not a franchise. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, they're probably, you know, doing a great job. But right. companies like Samsung, companies like Google, yeah. I mean, we're talking yeah. about some of the, the world's largest companies. They don't want to work with just a one-off operator, you right. know, and have five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred, maybe thousands of different companies that they're working with all separate, right. how they do billing, you know, communication, how yep. inventory or parts are managed. It's really challenging. So to have one system yeah. that has all of the infrastructure – where, you know, if Google, as an example, if a partnership owes, you know, a franchisee money for that repair, everything's all integrated. So from the right. receivable side, mm -hmm. you know, they know, hey, we owe this franchisee money. The franchisee knows it. Corporate knows it. And we're able to support our owners with getting paid, you know, quickly and, you know, on time. And all of that stuff is, is important. So, yeah, I think yeah. to your point – having a large company that you're a part of, a large system, right. there, yeah. there, there are huge benefits to that on the partnership side as well. That's something. Maybe we could talk a little bit about your franchisees. You know, two questions is, you know, who are your franchisees, Brighton? And, and, and you know, what do you look for when you're meeting with a prospective franchisee, like in terms of characteristics or traits, like how do you know that they're going to make a good, uh, you break, I fix franchisee. We're not perfect, but we, right. we tend to make really, really good decisions. We've got an incredible group of franchisees. Uh, if it wasn't for, for our franchisees, we wouldn't obviously be where we are today. Right. Um, for us, it's important for, I think owners to follow the system yeah, I think that a lot of times, you know, new people come into a franchise system, especially people with franchising experience or corporate background experience, right. super smart mm -hmm. people, super yeah. educated. And I think a lot of times it's like, hey, how can we make this better? And, right. you know, my advice to new owners is, is look, follow the system. Right. Once you get your store kind of to where our averages are, you know, I, I think that, you know, we can talk about ways to, to, to kick it up a notch if, you know, if possible, but I guess my, my, my point of bringing that up is not to discourage creativity or feedback. Right. We, we actually right. welcome that, but we right. want owners to, to, to come in with an open mind, but focus on that system that's already laid out and go through that yeah. process. The next biggest right. important thing, I think after that background, making sure that operationally, um, you know, from a management background, operationally, personality, making sure there's a fit there. I think the next most important thing is making sure that our owners are capitalized. And I right. say that because I think every business school in America teaches that the number one reason why businesses fail is lack mm -hmm. of capital. And exactly. I think that one of the reasons why franchising in general does so well is franchisors, good franchisors, make sure that if an owner's signing up for a territory right. or they're signing up for a number of doors or whatever, 
good franchisors make sure that those franchisees are capitalized to do that up front. Right. And um, I think that's really, really important because um, we don't, you know, we don't award territory to somebody if they can't actually develop it because that just right. puts everybody in a bad position, you know, down the line. Right. Um, right. So I think those are the, those are kind of the two big things that we look at initially. And then, you know, I guess who our owners are, we do love owners that have business experience. Sure. However, there are a lot yeah. of good owners in our system that are brand new. They're super green to business. Mm-hmm. They're, they're um, really ambitious. They're hungry. They're coachable. You know, we love working with people that are coming in like that. And we still do, believe it or not, award one store territory. So if somebody wants to just do one, we'll have right. that conversation. Sure. Uh, most owners in our system tend to do about three or four, um, you know, store territories that they, that they right. lock up, you know, prior to moving forward. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if that, and our largest owner is 37 stores he has currently. Wow. Um, our smallest owner has one. So, and we have owners that kind of fall in between depending on, on where they're at. And I think to go back to something you said earlier, you know, not to just, you know, short sheet yourself and say, hey, one store is all, you know, I'm going to go after. Right. But if you are right. that individual who only has the funds to do one and you can only right. move forward with one, what I've learned right. is that a lot of times there's opportunities to grow through acquisition. So maybe sure. you do one and that's all you can right. do. Maybe three, four, five years down the road nice. uh, or maybe quicker. Maybe you could acquire and buy out a neighboring franchisee to get right. to that two-store count and then maybe the right. three store count down the line. So, yeah, I think, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's great advice. You mentioned like keywords, of course, you know, being coachable, you know, I, I remember I was interviewing, I, I can't even remember the franchise, but it was the number one franchisee and they had like about like, I don't know, 2000 franchisees. And he says, um, oh, wow. I said, how did Holy you become cow. the number one franchisee? And he said, he said, I just did what they told me to do. You know, and, and, and that's how I became the number one franchisee. Wow. You know, it's like you said, it's just following the system, you know. I mean, if you can that's find awesome. that person, you know, yeah, it, it's, you know, then then it certainly works. And I, I like how you said, too, Brighton, that, you know, there's no surprises. You know, I mean, uh, you break, I fix has been doing this long enough. I mean, you could you could almost, I would say, let's get down to the penny, but there, there's no surprises as far as, like, you know, um, expenses or anything like that. You know, it's all laid out. I, I, I teach... Um, I've taught entrepreneurship uh, in the past, you know, to to, to business students. And, you know, when you're looking at the the, the business plan, you know, they always miss certain numbers, you know what I mean? That they just anticipate, you know, and that doesn't happen in franchising. You pretty much say, look, this is what you're going to need, you know, to get through the first year or the, you know, the next couple of years, you know, And, and, and I think that's so important, isn't it? I think it is. And I think that's great advice. I think following the, I mean, I look at it as, you know, if if you're going to ask somebody, you know, in your family for that recipe, that family recipe, or you're in the kitchen Mm -hmm. with Martha Stewart or, you know, whoever that is, you're probably going to say, okay, you've, Martha Stewart, you've probably baked thousands of cakes. She knows exactly what the result's going to be. So, you know, follow that recipe. You know, there's no there's no point while you're, you're in the kitchen going, Hey, I wonder if we put an extra cup of sugar, you know, what, what's <laughs> right. going to happen. Don't do it. You know, follow, right. exactly. follow the system. And once you've done it a few times, you know, you've made a few cakes and you want to get to the yeah. point where you go, Hey, let's try this. 
let's right. let's uh, you know let's tweak this compensation model or let's do this differently or let's you know definitely I think it's good to test and continue to to, to sure. stay on top of things but initially you know that that maturity ramp up period with a new business assuming you're opening up a new store it's critical to right. just follow that system until you can get you know maturity get the revenue coming in and then I think you can you can test a little bit more or you can tweak right. things a bit more, um, you know, once you get to that point um, and your store's ramped up. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. My yeah. No, I think that's, that's terrific. What's the, how does the training work, Bryson, for your new franchisees? Um, I mean, do they typically come down to Florida? I know with COVID-19, it could be a little bit different, you know, today, <laughs> but you know, like in the past, yeah. you know, how, how are you doing in the, in the past? Like, um, you know, once things go back to normal, did they, did they come down to corporate? Is that how it worked? They 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 do. So we have a training that happens in Orlando, and it's it's uh, it's actually three weeks long. Um, right. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, it's That's three okay. weeks. Three weeks long. Two weeks is on repair for three people, and right. then the third week in Orlando is on operations. Um, a lot of our partnerships have yeah. processes and onboarding and employee certifications, things of that nature. So it's important right. for us to go through that onboarding so that when a franchisee opens up their door and right. they're greenlit to, to open, that yeah. we can onboard and direct that Samsung volume, Google volume, Assurian volume as soon as we can into that store because those wow. are customers. And until we get those certifications or approvals for all of our partnerships, and when you think about it, you know, Samsung has, you know, they have their, their devices, even though they're similar to Google, they're a little right. bit different. So there are sure. some certifications and things that need to happen for their repairs where, you know, the Google process might be a little different. But overall, um, you're looking at about a three-week training in Orlando for three people. And right now we, we have a virtual syllabus, a platform that we put together to accommodate our owners through COVID um, right. and, until right. travel restrictions are lifted, that sure. sort of thing. Of um, so there's also, and this is an important thing, I think, and I know every, every franchisor does it differently, but we mm -hmm. have a launch team, a training team dedicated to getting, you know, doors open. And what we do is we'll send somebody to the actual location and they'll spend a few weeks with the franchisee, uh, one of our yeah. employees, helping them, yeah, right next to you, helping you launch the business, grow the business, working just, you know, workflow, work orders, parts, just making sure everything is smooth, uh, especially, right. you know, early on. It's like riding a bike for the first time. So having sure. a coach, having the training wheels and somebody kind of right, right next to you for a few weeks right. is right. really a nice thing. So that's what we do for all of our owners. Yeah, I think that's important because you can get all the training in the world, you know, but I mean, you know, it's, it's nice to have that person next to you. When, as you said, when you open the doors, you know, uh, I, you know it just, it, I think it gives comfort to the franchisee, doesn't it? You know, and, and even after they leave, Absolutely. you know, it's nice that, that they can still call up headquarters if they have a question, you know, or their fellow franchisees, you know, and said, I got this unique situation. How did you handle that in the past? So that, that, that's always helpful as, as well, isn't it? Yeah, you, you you bring up a good point. The um, you know those the launch team typically also they'll share the cell phone number you know with with the owner so you know that follow up afterwards they're you know they're there to support and then we have right. an operational team that'll kind of step in and 
and work with that owner moving forward every month. They're setting up calls there to support the owner. Um, right. We also have a, and this is kind of cool because of our tech background and all the developers that we have, they built this online knowledge base that not only has every device video you can think of, everything wow. from like literally PlayStation Xboxes to Dyson vacuums to iPhones. Wow. Um, and there's also a forum. So many, you know, many people on this call probably today are part of an online forum or an online right. community. We have right. our own proprietary forum that's integrated back, um, integrated in with our back-end system so that every tech in the country, um, or I should say every tech in North America, every owner can communicate. Right. If there's an issue, you can post it. By the time a tech posts an issue or something they see, I mean, there'll be five to ten responses within 15 minutes, you know, that's from incredible. other technicians. So we've developed this, this, this really this network, if you will, or this culture where everybody's integrated and we're learning from each other. Because, um, right. you know, our mantra is we're only as strong as our weakest link. And, you know, mm -hmm. we, we've got we've to support each other as we grow. Yeah, I think that, that support is, 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 is so important. So what are you breaks? Uh, what are you break? I fix his plans for the, the future, Brian. I mean, you know, three years, five years down the road. I mean, where do you see the organization? I see, I see the organization as really the dominant, um, you know, player in our space, mm -hmm. um, yeah. kind of the go-to, you know, operation. I, I, I see us bringing on, you know, future partnerships as well with other, right. with other parties that are, you know, in this space that are either manufacturing electronic devices that people are buying uh, and or, you know, protecting them or supporting them on the back end. So I think we'll continue to onboard partnerships um, and then I think this, this mobile part of our business is, you know, for mm. us, when the customer breaks their device, they tend to search it out on an unbroken device where they can get their broken device fixed. Right. Um, I'm not going to say that five times fast, but um, <laughs> right. on, on the, I was a tongue twister. On, on, that, on that note, though, um, we want to be relevant to that customer searching, right, online right. from a marketing right. standpoint. Yeah. Um, but also we want to give that customer what they want. And if a customer sure. goes, you know what, I, I want to take it into a store, we want to be accessible to them. If a right. customer says, you know what, I want to mail it away because maybe they live in, I don't know, maybe they live in a more rural area, right. then, right. you know, a store might be a, 45, 50 minute drive for them. Sure. It could be a few hours and they're just like, you know what? I don't want to do that. And a right. tech maybe might not be able to come to me. So I want to mail it in. So we want to be able to do that. We also right now have a carry, uh, kind of a, a carry up service where, you know, because of COVID customers can, can basically come up and we'll, we'll go out there, meet them, uh, welcome right. them, go through the device with them, bring it back in. That way they don't, have to come into our store. And then lastly, wow. there are uh, customers, you know, it could be like right now, the home environment's a little bit different where, you know, I, I have kids and a lot of my friends and family members do as well, where, you right. know, they're, you're the teacher right now. And maybe getting right. the kids in the car and going up yep. to the U-Brake I Fix doesn't make sense. That's what about true. a home repair where we come to you? So that's something that we're doing right now. Um, we We have... Um, vans all over the country that are doing wow. mobile repairs. And I think we're going to continue to grow that. And who knows what it'll look like in the future. 
You know, what right. will one of the most common questions is, will you be doing other repairs in the home? Um, right. I don't know, well, but I think the possibilities are, are, are probably endless I would um, imagine, yeah. when it comes to repair. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's, that's kind incredible. of what, what, I'm, what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. And those vans are moving billboards too, aren't they? I mean, the more vans you see on the road, you know, people see them and they – they say, oh, I, I have a broken device. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call that number, you know. So those, those vans are going to be helpful as well. It's, it's, it's interesting. You really got the, the distribution uh, cover, you know, as, if, as you said, if the customer can't get to you, you go to the customer, you know. I mean, so it, you, you have Absolutely. all that cover, you know. It, it's clever, you know. It really is. It, it's such a, it's such a powerful, such a powerful model. Um, what, what's the best way, Brighton, for our listeners to get more information on you break I fix? Of course, there's the franchise opportunity, but you know, even if, if it's for a, a customer, um, any website you sure. can kind of direct them to. Yeah, so if you go to youbreakifix.com, um, and it's spelled U, break, not Y-O-U, uh, but mm-hmm. the letter U, if you go to youbreakifix.com, you can check out our website. You can actually start a repair online and go through the process wow. and, and, and set up a repair if you, you, know, if you want to. Um, yeah. And then also, from a franchise side, if you, know, you had interest in learning more, I've got a team. I've got uh, three great guys that, that work with me on our team. We'd love to talk to you, or talk with you, excuse me. But you can go to youbreakifix.com, click on the, the red franchising tab mm-hmm. at the top right, and you could fill out your information. And, and how we work, just so you know, so we'd set up a 30-minute to hour call with you um, okay. and, and, and get to know you, you know, is, is how we would do That's it great. and ultimately see if it's a fit. And we're doing our discovery days virtually as well. So right. if you really had interest and you wanted to participate, you don't have to jump on a, a flight to Orlando. Um, right. We're doing it all virtually um, every other week. So That's terrific. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you today, Brian. Tonight, I've, I've done hundreds of these interviews, and this has been a real pleasure for me. And I'd like to invite you back over the next year or two as you continue to grow, because I think this is a fantastic franchise opportunity. I would love to, Marty. Thanks so much, man. It's been an honor. Thanks for having me, and I uh, hope Thanks, you have an awesome Bryson. weekend. You too. This has been my pleasure. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by... Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, 
consult and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today's Great Quote in Franchising podcast comes from Mary Jane Riva, the CEO of Pizza Factory. And Mary Jane gave some great advice. You know, one of the questions we frequently ask on the show when we have someone like Mary Jane is what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? And she said that you should look under the hood. And, you know, I thought that her advice was very original, but you have to listen to the podcast to find out why. So here we go with Mary Jane Riva, CEO of Pizza Factory. Hi, Franchise. You know, we've been doing the show such a long time now. And, and one of the, yeah. the biggest things we've learned is that, you know, a lot of our listeners – and their quest to buy a franchise, they don't know where to begin because, like you were saying earlier, there, there's so much out there today. You know, I mean, there's just yeah. so much to choose from. Most of them don't even know where to begin. It just becomes overwhelming. Yep. You know, from everything you've learned, you know, up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners? Well, the first, there's a couple things, and one that as we're going through this journey ourselves, from being a franchisee to the franchisor, is understanding the roles of the franchisor versus mm -hmm. the franchisee. That's a really big, important, really what is the role that you're playing versus a franchisor. And then when right. you're looking at brands, the other thing for brands to me is is really looking under the hood. Don't just sure. look at all the stuff on the surface. Really dig down. Uh, see what extra charges there. You know, are they marking up stuff? You know, really evaluate a brand to a brand and not just the fluff kind of stuff that you see on the top. And it's a lot of due diligence. Right. But, you know, ask, ask the questions that are, that are going to be once you're in there. You know, are they marking up the food product? Are they marking up advertising materials? You know, what, what are you paying? So really, really dig down and ask um, a lot more questions. And right. I, would talk to, I would talk to a lot of franchisees that are in the system and see how they feel about the franchisor and the, the brand itself. I would do a lot of due diligence with franchisees because they're the ones that are going to tell you. Right, absolutely. I love how you said look under the hood. You know, I, I mentioned doing the show such a long time. I've never heard 
that analogy before. I think that's very clever to look under the hood, you know, to go deep, you know, mm-hmm. inside and look what's under, not yeah. just what's on top. You know, we have this great quote in yeah. franchise. I'm going to put that one in there because uh, I, I, I think that's fantastic. You know, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Pizza Factory, I mean, you have a lot of franchisees that you can call, right? I mean, I think you're up to, is it over 100 yes. franchisees now, Mary yes. Jane? So there's yeah. plenty of people, you know, that, that oh, good. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to say we, oh, we have them. They've been in the system for they've been in the system from 30 years. We have franchisees, you know, they've been in that long, and we have them that are just getting on. So there's a wide range. So and you want to hit right. all those, you know, you want to hit the newbies, you want to hit the older ones, you want yes. to want to get their feel of what's been going on and how they've been treated. And but, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of people to call. There's a lot of people to ask. There's a lot of different town sizes. So when you're doing mm-hmm. your due diligence. Right. You know, really, really, really get out there and, and dig deep. If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Pizza Factory, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and click on Food Franchises, and you can hear the whole interview there. And lastly, we'd just like to thank everyone for making this podcast such a huge success. You know, it's hard to imagine when we started this show that our Great Coats and Franchising podcast was going to become just as big as our regular show. So we want to thank everyone again and continue to listen to our Great Coats and Franchising podcast sponsored by Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.